Welcome to Better Equipped. I'm Cody Balch, and this is part two of the church series that I'm doing. And so the first part, last last time, we talked about the state of the church in America. And just what do the stats say? What what does it bear out? And, and really, uh, we've got to be asking the question, um, if we keep trying to do things the same way, why would we expect different results? Isn't that the definition of insanity? And so, um, you know, if you, if you missed part one, go back and check it out. It's, it's not the most positive video, but I, I, I think it explains my heart, God's heart, and just the current state of the church right now. Now, today, we're going to look at in this video, part two, uh, we're going to look at the difference between biblically God's design for the church and if we're not careful what we can turn it into, what we here in America often are, are tempted uh, to, to make it about. You know, what's our design for the church versus God's design for the church. So I have 10 different things that we're going to compare and we're going to rip through these uh, uh, somewhat quickly, but hopefully with quality. I want to reiterate again, because I'm afraid you didn't watch the, the verse, first video. I love the church. I want to see the church do well. I want to see the, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ be built up, not torn down. But um, we must, a part of that is being faithful to the Lord in his design. And there's a place where we, in our personal lives and as a, as a body of Christ, we need to repent and turn toward the Lord. So um, here's, here's kind of the top 10 of compare, comparing God's design for the church and our design for the church and, and, and see where you land. Again, you might be doing okay on some of these, um, you personally or where, wherever you're a part of the church. But um, this is where we are. So God's design for the church is for Jesus to be head and Lord over the church. Seems pretty obvious. This is the most important thing on all of the things I'll be talking about. This is number one, because everything else flows out of it, okay? So is Jesus head and Lord over the church? His word over all other words. Oh, his commands, his will over anyone else's will. Is that, is that what you and your church is known for? That, that what he says goes. That's the way it should be. Why? Because he created everything. He created us. He paid his life as the cost, as the price for our sin on the cross. And he loves us and invites us to live with him forever in perfection. Like, I think he has the right. I mean, he raised from the grave. Like, he, he saved us and, and conquered sin and death. Like, he has the right to tell us what to do by as creator and savior. Okay? But... You compare that to our design is people pleasing and that leading the decisions of the church. Okay, so um, oftentimes churches really struggle to allow voices and opinions and preferences and money and attendance, you know, budgets and attendance and and all those things to be what steers and drives the church, not Jesus as Lord and head. And that's serious. Like when, when leaders stop saying, Jesus, what do you want? 
Forget what we want. What do you want, Jesus? What have you designed? How do you want us to navigate this situation? How do you want us to make these decisions? When when leaders stop asking that as their primary question, things get off the rails quick. But we're so used to that. We're so used to not even questioning it. Um, The second thing is God's definition of the church is the people of God, the called out ones, okay? Never does it refer to the church being a, a place, a location, or a Sunday service. But this is oftentimes our, our design, our definition of the church. You ask people, what is the church? They would say, well, um, it's that building over there, or it's that Sunday service, or people, it's where people go to church. It's like, no, it, the, the church is the people, not the people going to church. It is, it is not a building or a, a Sunday service. It is the people of God biblically. It is the Lord's people. And so it's really important for us to understand that paradigm. You can't go to church because we are the church, right? And so um, the, the third one we'll compare is God's design for the church is to love and serve God, okay? And so basically, what does God want versus what, not what I want, okay? But oftentimes, we can turn it into a consumerism, a consumeristic mindset that, that is, what do I want? How does it please me? What has it done for me lately? And if I don't like it, I, I leave and go down to the church down the road, okay? So a lot about preferences and comforts and and amenities and uh if we're not careful we can make the church about that where the place that we go again not the right way to think to begin with the place that we go and what it offers us that's not the biblical definition and design for his church the fourth one i have is to love your neighbor as yourself jesus has designed the church the people of god to love their neighbor as herself, no strings attached. But if we're not careful, what we can do is to love and protect ourselves from our neighbors, that we build walls high and try to keep the unbelieving neighbors out as a threat instead of understanding that we're supposed to love those very people. And, um, and so, um, that's, that's, God's design is to love our neighbor as ourself, even those who are far from God. Number five, uh, God has designed the church to be resilient, to be something that survives persecution. Okay, so like the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, right? You remember that? So, but man, the church in America is so fragile, we saw this highlighted in COVID, but it, it didn't start in COVID, folks, okay? Uh, if the budget's not where it needs to be, if the attendance isn't where it needs to be, if a building lease falls through, if this staff person leaves, if something happens, like there are so many things like, oh, I guess we'll have to close our church. I mean, can you imagine the church in the New Testament operating that way in the midst of persecution, in the midst of being imprisoned and killed for, for following Jesus? I mean, it, I never ever hear uh, about 
in the New Testament, churches questioning whether they can stay open because they don't have enough staff or they don't have enough money or the, you know, the, the attendance has dropped. Like it's, it's, it's absurd to think about that yet churches oftentimes in America can think this way, operate this way and become so dependent on all these other things, certain staffing, certain amenities, certain building, certain budget, certain locations, all these different things that have nothing to do with anything that Jesus asks the church to be about or dependent on. The church is designed by God to be resilient. And I believe in in America, we will see more persecution as time goes on, sadly. Okay? The stats are, are, are moving further and further away from any sort of religious affiliation, let alone Jesus. Is the church designed to be resilient? Yes, it is. Is that the way we're living it out? Not, no, no, not really. Not nothing. Churches are closing. More churches are closing every year than opening, than staying open. And again, even that mentality is, is a weird concept biblically. Are they staying open? Are they closing? Like that's just, that's just not, not really a thing that we hear about a lot. Number six, that God is designed for the church is to be filled with relational disciples Disciples that are in relationship with one another in real ways, helping equip one another and encourage one another and pray for one another and build each other up. Okay, that happens at a relational level. Biblically, the church is uh, is done at a relational level. What have we done in our oftentimes design for it? We our our model of the American church model often encourages individualism and not encourages relational discipleship. It's, it's, it's often, you know, you do you and kind of like you can come and go and you can be on the 20 year plan. And if you just sit there once a month in the chair, the pew, cool. Like we're still grateful for you and, and you should be grateful, but like, um, we, we created in a way that is so seeker friendly that it never really requires a relationship or a commitment or accountability to anyone or anything. And that's just not biblical. It's just not, and you're not going to see transformation in that way. You're just not. Um, number seven, uh, God's design for the church is that followers of Jesus journey through life and faith together. So this relational community type of faith, but oftentimes we turn it into this Sunday centric service that tends to just build acquaintances, not disciples who are in relationships. Okay. And so see the difference here. Um, something that is, um, you know, doing life on life, doing relationships in community together versus people who come to a same service or building and they might know acquaintances that go about an inch deep and it's kind of Groundhog Day. Hi, how you doing? How's your kids? How's this? And, and not all that's bad, but like, when does it move deeper than that to real life discipleship? To, to where disciples with disciples, you know, encouraging, equipping one another, transform, helping each other transform. Um, the model typically just grows acquaintances in a big, large room as opposed to relational disciples. Number eight, 
um, God's design for the church is that every believer does their part within the body of Christ. But what we see is very, very few people do most of everything for the church. Oftentimes that's staff, and if not staff, a very small handful of volunteers. Okay, so maybe you've heard of the 80-20 rule. Uh, uh, 20% of the rule, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, or 100% of the work. Is 20% of the people do 80%, 20% of the people do 100% of what needs done. And and sometimes it's even worse than that. They say since COVID, it's been more like a, a 10% do 100% of the work. So there's 90% just kind of consumeristically feeding off of the larger entity and relying on less people to do more. The body of Christ that God designed is for every part of the body to do its part. And and yes, some parts do different things, but um, you when you're so dependent on some pastor on a stage, uh, you know, spoon feeding you everything that you need, which is not everything you need, by the way, but when you have that mentality, um, the church is going to suffer. And then the average attendance for most uh, practicing Christians is once a month. And so even attendance once a month from, from you know, a 40-minute sermon is nowhere near what you need. You need more of the Word of God and you need more of the people of God in really real ways. So doing life on life together, relational discipleship, again, is really, really important, and and every believer doing their part. Number nine, uh, God's design for the, the people of God, the church, is to go into the, the world around them, the people around them, for evangelism, okay, to share the gospel. But what we often turn it into is that you come to our Sunday service and hear the gospel from that person on stage or from that teacher, Okay. And this is why only 2% of Christians in America claim, you know, recognize or, or you know, say that they, that they share their faith with anyone. And so this is a problem. Like, this is, this is a real problem. This is not God's design. God, you know, when we think about evangelism, sharing the gospel, um, this is something that, that we're called to go be the body of Christ to people, not just wait for them to come or kind of bait them in so that hopefully they'll come to our service versus the church down the road. Okay, that's not God's design. All right, number 10. Number 10 is biblical design for the church is that resources are spent to help others and further the mission of Christ versus us spending most of our resources on our Sunday service and what we like and feel like we need. Kind of like, you know, um, getting us more comfortable, more secure, and, and feeling like we can provide stability for what we call church and our Sunday services. Um, yeah, this is, this is a real problem. Like, how do we make things nicer for me versus why are we spending all this money on ourselves? Because here's the thing, the, the, the church that God designed doesn't need a budget. Biblically, find it for me. Send it to me. Better equipped with Cody at gmail.com. Email me where the Bible says you need a budget to be the church. Where you need a building to be a church. Where you need staff to be 
a church. I'll take it even further. Where does it say that you have to meet on Sundays? Did they meet on Sundays? Yes, occasionally. And if you really want to, if you really want to go there, it says they met every day. Okay? So if you want to go there, then take it further. But uh, listen, we have relegated this down to something that we spend so much of our, our time, our energy, our resources on us. A generous church nowadays in America is, is one that spends 90% of its resources and time and energy on, on themselves and, 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 and not and then 10% on other, other ministries. I mean, it's, it's, it's applauded. I, I've been there. I get it. But like, like we don't need any of that. Like, do you need, in order to be the church, do you personally need like a church building with a, with a, a service, with a worship band and a, a preacher on stage and a kid's ministry? Like, do you need, do you need that for your faith? I understand how we got here. Our intentions were good. Our intentions were, well, we want to meet people where they are at so that they can hear the gospel. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that the stats that we looked at in part one, the stats don't bear things out that this is currently effective at all. And by at all, I don't mean zero. I mean, it is not statistically effective at, at accomplishing what what we're willing to invest into it to get. We're not making disciples the way that we need to. People are leaving faith, not coming to faith percentage-wise. We're losing that battle if you want to if you want to weigh it out that way. And I think it's because we're trying to do church our way and not God's way. And I know this is so threatening. This is so, people get so defensive when they hear things like this because it threatens their man-made structures. It doesn't threaten God. These questions about what does faithfulness to God's design look like, why would that threaten God? Why should that threaten you? It threatens us because it messes with the stability and security of our man-made structures and organizations. What we call church, it threatens our bottom line. It threatens our budgets. If people don't feel like they need the Sunday service, what if they don't come? What if they don't give? What if we can't afford this? What if we you know, can't afford our rent or our mortgage or our staff? And, and, and it's like, well, I care about like you people and those people, but that's not what the church is supposed to be caring about. Are we, are we humble enough to come to the Lord and say, God, what was your design for the church? Because here's the thing, folks. The church that we read about in the New Testament was not culturally um, accepted by the Jews or the Romans. Okay, On both sides, it was getting persecution from two sides, all sides, from, from Jews, from Romans, from Jews, and from Gentiles, from from you know, like they were getting this and their answer wasn't how you never, you know, how do we make this more palatable? How do we, you know, look more culturally relevant? It had nothing to do with that. It was how do we be faithful to Jesus? How do we be faithful to the, 
to being the people of God, the church, the way that he intended it. He's head and Lord. He knows how to bear fruit. He knows how to provide growth. And what we see in the New Testament is a church that is being persecuted grow. And grow by, by more and new people coming to faith in Jesus. Non-believers becoming believers. Because there were relational disciples doing life together. That the world will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. By the way that you're unified in the gospel. That you stand firm in one faith, not being moved by anything. This is what the church was known for. And it multiplied and grew. But it was flexible. It was resilient. It, 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 it didn't... It didn't need certain things in order to be the church. They needed the word of God and the people of God. They needed the spirit of God. They needed the gospel. They needed those things and they clung to them. And that was it. That was enough for them. Is that enough for you? You need the people of God, the church. You need the word of God, the Bible. You need these things. But do you need that and? Has it become about us or is it all about God? Have we tried to become Lord and head over the church or are we making this all about God? What do you want? What do you, what do you require? What do you call us to be? What is your design? All right. Part three is coming next. And part three is where I share, what have I done with this? Um, what, 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 what am I tangibly doing to try to live this out, uh, in practical ways? And for, for me, I'll give you the, the spoiler alert is I've shifted to a house church model. My family has shifted to living out the church in an, in a, in a smaller house church setting. And, and I want to explain that and why, why is it? And I don't believe that's the point. That's why it's the third part of the series. But I believe it's really, really important to, to think through what, how do we live this out? What, how do we see this in scripture? How do they live it out? And so we'll talk about this soon. So again, if you have any questions, reach out to me at betteredequippedwithcody at gmail.com. And I would love to dialogue with you, help hopefully encourage you and better equip you to be faithful and live out a faithfulness as the body of Christ, as you're part of the body of Christ um, more and more as time goes on. And hopefully you'll join us for, for part three uh, really, really soon.